So you get a phone call from a homeowner thinking about selling their house. They want an appraisal. What do you do? You quote them a fee and you do an appraisal. Well, what do they get at the end of the day? Do you cram a 1004 form down their throat? Do you give them a G par? What are you selling this homeowner? So back in the day, um, I sold one product. It was an appraisal. Um, I developed an independent, unbiased, professional opinion of value. What I genuinely thought that property was worth. But I only reported it under one category, and that was a 1004 form. I mean, that's what you got, whether you liked it or not. I was cramming it down your throat. And at the end of the day, when I handed that to you, I said, here's your appraisal. And I was wrong. I was dead wrong. That was not the appraisal. That was the appraisal report. Guys, the, the appraisal and the appraisal report are two different things. And I think most appraisers are finally grasping that, but they are distinctly two different things. The appraisal, and then we have the appraisal report. If you think about the development, what you've got to do to formulate that opinion, we can look at USPAP and talk about Standards Rule 1. That deals with the development, the appraisal. It's what you have to do to get the number, if you will. And then if we look at Standard Rule number 2, that deals with the method of communication, the method in which we're communicating the results of our analysis, our opinion, if you will, to our client. And different clients have different needs. I mean, if you tell a homeowner they have functional obsolescence, they think they have a disease for crying out loud. They don't understand what that means. So maybe it's important to communicate to the level of our clients, our intended users. Communicate in a method in which they will understand. Like I said, I used to make them take the 1004 just because I didn't know any better. What does a homeowner thinking about selling their house really want from you? Do they need a floor plan that they walk every day? By the way, you got that closet in the wrong spot. Do they need a picture of their own house? I'm pretty sure they know what it looks like. Think about it for just a moment. Part of what you're selling me as a consumer, as a homeowner thinking about selling my house, is a picture of my own house? Part of what you're selling me is a floor plan I walk every day? Part of what you're selling me is a map? You call it a location map with a little rub-on arrows or stick-on arrows? I have a GPS in my phone for crying out loud. I don't need a map. Part of what you are selling me is a copy of my own deed. I have the original deed. Why do I need to pay you to photocop, photocopy a deed and sell it back to me when I have the original? It just doesn't make sense. Is there something that you can give me a little less 
you know, can I get something, you know, I don't need a 40-page report that's got photographs and floor plans and location maps and a copy of my own deed. Is there something else that you could give me that I'm willing to pay you for that would be a little less than that? I don't need a demographic study. I don't need to know what the average rainfall is in my county. I mean, if your client is a farmer, they might be interested in that information. But a homeowner in a tract subdivision, do they really care what the average rainfall is? Do they care about uh, that my county was named after Colonel Davis? Do they they really want to pay for and care about when Daniel Boone was along the Yellow Banks, along the Ohio River? What dragoons are and when dragoons roamed around Davis County, Kentucky? They probably could care less. Now you want to know what a dragoon is, don't you? I didn't say a dragon. Guys, you have options. Appraisers have options. Think about when you go to the doctor. And I I have appraisers challenge me all the time. Well, they're going to want something. They're going to want something in their hand to, to lay down there on the coffee table. Let me ask you a question. If a homeowner thinks their house is worth $400,000, and do you develop your own independent, professional, unbiased, ethical opinion, and you think that it's worth 300000 are they going to lay that one down on the coffee table to ever, for everyone to see, or are they going to burn it? They probably won't want anyone to know what your opinion of value is. I have appraisers resist me all the time. They're going to want something. How do you know unless you ask? How do you know what they want unless you ask them? The answer to that question is you simply don't. Imagine you go to the doctor. You're in the waiting room. The doctor comes in. The first thing they ask you is what? Why are you here today? What brings you in to see me? What is your health problem? You know, that's the first question we ought to ask when someone calls us and asks for an appraisal. What's your problem? You might ask it in a different manner than that, but really that is the first thing we need to ask. What is your value problem? Let me see if I'm competent to help you solve this valuation problem. I may not be competent. So imagine you're in the doctor's office. What's your health problem? Well, my back hurts. What's the first thing the doctor's going to do? Just immediately start taking x-rays? Are they going to interview you? They're going to try to collect information. Well, what, what happened? Did you bend over and pick up something heavy you shouldn't have been picking up? Did you fall? Did you get hit? Did your wife hit you in the back because you were snoring what 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 were you on the dance floor last night kicking your heels up too high what were you doing to cause this problem this health problem that you have in your back doc i didn't do anything i went to bed last night feeling great i woke up this morning and man my back hurts bad huh well hop up here on the table and let's take a look at you then the doctor starts poking you around a little bit in the back We'll call that the physical inspection. They poke you around in the back until they find your area of pain. Oh, yeah, that's it, Doc, right there. You got it. Huh. 
Well, you know, everything feels to be in proper place. Let's go take some pictures. Let's go take some x-rays. You want to? So they send you down and, and take some photographs of you. Do you see the x-ray? As a patient, do you see the x-ray? And even if you do get to see the x-ray, can you read it? Probably not. And then they say, you know what? Your x-ray looks fine. Everything appears to be in proper place. Let's go get some lab work. So they send you over to the lab, and you pee in a little cup, and, and they take some blood from you, and they do an analysis of those labs. Do you see a copy of the analysis? Would you be able to understand it? More than likely, you go home because the labs are going to take a day or two to get the answer. And then what happens? You get a phone call. Quite frankly, it's not even the doctor. It's probably a nurse. Well, let's pretend it's a doctor. The doctor calls you up. You say, hey, doc, give me the news. He says, well, you know, your labs came back normal. Your x-ray is fine. All your levels are where they should be. I don't know what the heck you did. Just take it easy for a couple of days. Take some Advil. If you're still hurting in a week or so, come back and see me. And what is your response? What is your response to that doctor's diagnosis or opinion? Because that's all it really is. It's the doctor's opinion, isn't it? Do you mean to tell me you say okay and hang up? You mean to tell me you accept that doctor's opinion over the telephone? I mean, you don't say, Doc, wait a minute, I'm not going to accept that unless you send me a 44-page written report in accordance to USPAP. I want a, you know, a copy of uh, your license. I need to know the scope of work. I want a copy of the x-ray. I want to see the lab work with little rub-on arrows on it. And don't, for, don't forget to put a copy of your E&O policy on the end of the report. <laughs> we don't do that. We accept that doctors, that professional, as we view that professional, we accept their opinion over the telephone. You know what, appraisers, you can do the exact same thing. I'm doing two appraisals for one client right now, and guess what he wants? An oral report. Now, I've still got to do the x-rays. I've still got to do the lab work. I still chose to do the physical inspection. Okay, I went out, measured the property, looked at the property, interviewed the owner. I took photographs just for my own use. How long is the oral report going to take, Brian? Probably about a week to 10 days. Some people say, is it going to take you a week? Is it going to take you a week to 10 days to, to tell me what you think? Yeah, it is. Because I still have to do the appraisal. I have to do the appraisal from A to Z. I have to do the development. But when it comes to the reporting of my opinions and conclusions, I can do that via the telephone. USPAP provides for that, Standards Rule 2-4. Take a look at it. For clients that do want something, you know, they're the touchy-feely, I would like to have a piece of paper at least showing me, right? Then we have that option called Standard Rule 2-2-B. It's a restricted appraisal report. Now, I've had students over the years ask me, Brian, will you send me a sample of that? I, I guess they just want to plagiarize 
my report. I said, no, I'm not going to give away my intellectual knowledge. I might sell it to you, but I'm not going to give it away. But guys, you have a resource now. The Appraisal Foundation, they're nice enough to give you a template. And it's amazing. They're communicating the results of an appraisal on one piece of paper, front and back. One piece of paper. I'm going to tell you how you can access this. It's not mine. It's the Appraisal Foundations. If you go to the website, appraisalfoundation.org, appraisalfoundation.org, I'll give you a second to get there. And then when you're on appraisalfoundation.org, if you bring your mouse over to the second tab at the very top, it's called Standards and Qualifications, there'll be a drop-down menu. And then if you go to the first option there under Appraisal Standards under that drop-down menu, a side menu will come up, and you have two options. And the options are Uniform Standards of Professional Appraisal Practice or Uniform Appraisal Standards for Federal Land Accusations. Uh, you want to go to that first tab, Uniform Standards of Professional Appraisal Practice, and click on that. A page will come up saying, what is USPAP? And over in the right-hand corner, there are your restricted appraisal report samples. Now, they offer two. One is a residential and one is a non-residential. Guys, on the non-residential, here is a sample. Two pages. Two pages. A front, actually, it's one page, front and back. Okay, it's one piece of paper, front and back. And the amazing thing is on this, on this non-residential sample they're giving you, the opinion of market value is $34 million. Did you hear me? $34 million. Someone did an appraisal with an opinion of value of $34 million and communicated the results of that opinion via one piece of paper, front and back. Guys, it's time to start thinking outside the box. It's time to quit losing all that business that's just out there waiting for you. The residential appraiser in particular has lost millions of dollars because they have blinders on and they think they can only do one product in one manner. You have options. You know, we used to have three written report types and one oral. Now we have two written report types, but we still have that oral option. Right now, I as, as I speak on this podcast, I have two oral reports to prepare. I have one residential report to prepare. I have nine, uh, and when I say one residential report, that's one residential restricted appraisal report. Uh, this is um, and in, this individual is buying the house. They've already made a decision to buy it, but they want my opinion. They don't need it. They just want it. Uh, the other gentleman who wants the oral reports are going to be selling two pieces of property. He just wants to know what I think they're worth for his own internal decision-making process relative to potential marketing. I'm also doing um, nine commercial restricted appraisal reports, and I'm also doing 48 rent surveys that will be com uh, communicated in a restricted report. Guys, don't 
think you know what the answer your client's going to give when you say, what level of detail would you like? Do you want to see the x-ray and the lab work and, and a very detailed report? Or would you just like my opinions and conclusions? Oh, you want them in writing? Okay. But I can give you my opinions and conclusions in a little as one piece of paper front and back. The appraisal foundation has a template for you, has a sample, or I can give you an oral report. Now, guys, I'm not saying you just pick up the phone and you say, hey, I think the opinion of value is X. I did a, an appraisal review and communicated it via an oral appraisal review report. It was 33 minutes in length. That's how long it took to give that oral appraisal review report. You have options out there. Let's quit cramming a 1004 form down our client's throat. In actuality, it's inappropriate to use that form in a divorce case or a homeowner thinking about selling their house because of the pre-printed certification. Uh, the intended use is pre-printed. says it's for a mortgage finance transaction. Somebody thinking about selling their house, there is no mortgage finance transaction. So it could be argued if you're using that form as a catch-all for everything, you're creating a misleading report the minute you sign it. Open up your USPAP book. Follow through Standard Rule 2-2-B. Go to Standard Rule 2-4. Make sure you've done everything you need to do in the development aspect. Have your work file. You have to have enough information in your work file to create an appraisal report if called upon. But instead of cramming a product down your client's throat, why don't you give them the options? What would you like? What would you like for me to do for you? Let's see if we can do it. And if so, here's the various fee. I know as a consumer, I would appreciate that. And nine times out of ten, if I get a call for an individual, I normally get the assignment. It's not because I'm undercutting my competition. It's because I'm offering a variety of services. Open up that USPAP book. Take a look. Standard Rule 22A, Standard Rule 22B, and Standard Rule 2-4. You might just find there's some opportunity there for you. The Appraisal Update Podcast is brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning.